buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. Welcome to The Sales Hustle, the only no BS podcast where we bring you the real, raw, uncut experiences from sales change makers across various industries. The only place where you can get what you're looking for to up your sales game. Today's episode is brought to you by SalesCast. SalesCast helps sales professionals transform the relationship building process and win their dream clients. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. What is happening, sales hustlers? Welcome to another episode of Sales Hustle. And I've got a special guest that I have been wanting to get on here for quite some time. He is the chief closer at Closers Media. It's Mikolai Bador. And if you like sales podcasts, I'm sure you've listened to his before. And we're going to dig into talking about closing and conversion to close, which is something Mikolai is super passionate about and helping folks with. So Mikolai, tell folks just how, how did you, what's your sales story? How did you get into sales? Well, first of all, Colin, thank you for having me on this. I'm a huge fan of yours, and we were just talking uh, prior to this about how we're, we've gotten to know each other quite well over the socials, but this is kind of the first time we got to, to, to really interact, and our mutual Rolodex, our friend Rolodex is uh, is incredible, considering you live in South California, and we're up here in Minnesota, <laughs> so thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I've been looking forward to having on here. And I know that uh, we're both pretty busy and we finally were able to make it happen. So I know that uh, we're going to have a lot of fun and have a lot to talk about. Um, so, you know, I like to tell folks, just give us the short version, how you got into sales. And then, you know, we'll save most of our time together for the tactical stuff. So uh, our listeners can feel like they learned something or maybe get that kick in the ass that they need to get back to the office and do what they know they should be doing. Absolutely. Love to tell it. So it's kind of a tale to two lives. Um, I spent about 14 to 15 years um, ranked in the top one to three percent um, of some of the largest sales forces in the world. Those would be at IBM, uh, Oracle, Verizon and so on. And what I was known for was my conversion specialties. Now, the reason was is that I was uh, a kind of role. So um, though I did prospecting and did did some MDR, BDR roles, um, most of my, the bulk of that experience was in um, the AE kind of conversion to close role. So I did that, and um, in 2014 or so, I was working at IBM, and they, they we didn't have a physical office. So they're like, why don't you go and um, work wherever? And so I happened to work at a co-working space called Coco, where I met our business partner, uh, Gario. Um, and uh, it was it was full of, of startups, just tons of startups. And uh, they were, what they were really good at was they were exquisite at delivering their service or or you know making their product. But they just they struggled with selling, and it was something that came naturally for me. And starting a business was never even on the forefront of my mind. Mm. And so I helped them sell. They helped me launch my first business. And here we are. I think it's been six or whatever years later. 
And what we focus on now at Closers Media is we do coffee and closers to provide content for people in the professional service for uh, professional services space, a lot of digital agencies and so on. Mm -hmm. um, and what we help them do is to naturally uh, close the right, like close more business, close the right kind of business through our sales training and um, our hands-on coaching offerings. Mm, okay. okay. Interesting. So I want to dig into a little bit of your, 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 uh, your roles there. Um, you know, what does it take to be in the top, you know, single digit percentage of a huge sales organization like that? Okay. The number one trick that I learned early on was to follow the top. So every time I take a new role, I would be like, who's your top one to two, you know, first and second ranked uh, sales star. And I would sit with them and I would just sit with them. I would ask them questions, but I would, I would, I would definitely sit on their calls. Do you know what I mean? And I would just mm -hmm. kind of learn by doing. And what I found with each and every one of them was preparation. Okay. Mm -hmm. So here we train on, on three stages, but preparation is an entire month of training because what they had was they knew their pocket, right? Not just who their, their tal is or their, their target account list, but they knew the pocket. So they break it off into industries. So when they're prospecting in or they're having conversations, they, they, they're, they're talking only to healthcare companies that day and ultimately healthcare companies in Sioux Falls, South Dakota or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so they would be so laser focused on what was going on in their, in that community, say Sioux Falls with the sports team, weather, whatever. And, um, and then they would equally be as you know up to date on what's going on in the, in the healthcare, uh, in, the, in that healthcare community. Um, if they're publicly traded, they're pulling their 10Ks, so they know what's going on inside the company, what's been committed to shareholders, and they got scripts and all this stuff all around their computer, right? And I learned, I learned early on that if those guys have been doing this for, I mean, back then I was fairly new. If those guys still use scripts. And those guys still pull that level of data. That's what I'm going to do. So I just learned from the best, man. And, and I found that to, if you want to stay up top, you got to make sure you are prepared and organized. You got to listen to great podcasts like this one to get tips and tricks from, the, from people selling today. And you got to always be reading and learning because the market shifts, man. I mean, nine months ago, we didn't have a we didn't have a pandemic. Now mm -hmm. we're selling all we're all selling virtually. People used to sell trade shows are now going to adapt to a whole new style. My advisement has always been stay up in the know, stay in the know, follow people that are better than you and just keep growing because sales is a language. The second you stop using it, you forget it, you know? Yeah, no, there's so many good things there. So, I mean, that is, that's going deep on the preparation of like knowing, oh, yeah. knowing the geographically, knowing the area that you're calling into, knowing the industry that you're calling into, knowing the roles and what's important to them and also knowing what's going on in the organization as a whole. So is there any sort of like systematic approach to doing that and getting that preparation prior to getting, you know, engaging those, you know, type of contacts? Yeah, man. So just for those that have TALs, target account lists. So if you're working at a company or hell, you're, you know, you're on your own like me, um, you're going to have a list of companies in which you serve. Like I said, professional service companies are our jam. Specifically, though, digital agencies. And I can tell you what, I'll just tell you why right now. What I like about that pocket is there's really only two rebuttals to overcome. You know, whereas usually there's about five, mm -hmm. right? Price, trust, the whole deal. 
Um, but with them, there's only two. And those two are, I believe, or I need to believe that you can deliver or you can do the things you say you can do for me. And the other is, I need to believe that everything you're saying right now, as far as you, your promises and the delivery that you're going, the way that you're going to deliver it, that you're going to do it exactly how you say you're going to do it. There's only two rebuttals. So we built this entire train around that. You know what I mean? Hmm. That's a pocket. Okay. So in regards to this, when you have a towel, the preparation comes with defining your pocket. Who's your pocket? Your pocket is someone who you've had success with. We've had a handful of acquisition or uh, of our clients, digital agencies get acquired or tr- three, four X, you know, the revenue growth in months. That's our pocket. I can't say the same for construction companies. You know, I can't say the same for, uh, you know, uh, software. Well, I can for that, but you know, for other industries, right. But I can say it for digital agencies. I can say it for, fe- for fe- professional service companies. So your pocket, I start with where have you had success? So you can leverage third party verifiable proof. That when someone challenges you, like, well, have you done this before? Have you helped someone out like me? As a matter of fact, are you familiar with proof point marketing? You know, are you familiar with blah, 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 blah? They, you know, and then another preparation is whenever we leverage third party proof, we always say, here's the situation that we found them in. Right? Here was their chance. Here's, here's where they were at. Here's there was their pains and challenges. Here was what we put in place to fix those pains and challenges. Here was the outcome, and here's why it's a celebrated accomplishment. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's that's another level of preparation. But when you have that, and I know it sounds for a lot of people, it sounds like oh, a lot of work. You only have to do it once. Do you know what I mean? So if you're a rep at heart working for someone else, you get your new territory. You know, you only have to do it once that year. Once you have all that data, you got that data, and then it makes prospecting and calling in or or, or sales calls so easy. Because you know more about their business than they do. Because who the hell is going to read a 10K if you're like a CFO or, if, or oh, sorry, bad example. If you're like a CTO or if you're a VP of sales or whatever, like, you're going to read it, your own 10K. Mm. So if I read it for you, and by read it, I mean just focus on the things that, that I can sell. Um, I'm coming at, at you as a, as a, you know, a specialist, not a, not a salesperson. So a couple of things I want to unpack a little bit, right? So... If, if you're in a new sales role, right, or if you're just looking to increase your conversion to close, right, is have a good sense of what are your current accounts or what are the current accounts your company has, right? And having a good understanding yeah. of like, why did they go with us? What did we help them with? What was the result of that? And then how can we take that information and inject that into the sales conversations that we're having, Right. So that's what I hear you're saying. And, and, and being very focused or specific on, you know, that targeted account list that you keep talking about. And I would have been assumed there's a lot of sellers out there that haven't even put that targeted account list together, which is the first step. Right. And how do we go about doing that? Yeah. There's two misconceptions about salespeople in my opinion, and I will argue to the death of anybody on especially this one. (laughs) Sales can be taught that like we aren't just hatched. We didn't fall out of the sky. I've been doing this 15 years. I sucked too day one, probably hell year three, but repetition, right? Repetition. Okay. I will to the death of me. I will, I will fight anybody to say, I, you know, I can't teach you to be a good person or empathetic or, you know, like I can't teach that, but I can teach it. We can teach everything else. So that's number one. But number two is what you're getting at. Salespeople don't just wing it. Well, the good ones don't just wing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
They, you know, and, and that's the thing is, I'm saying this because you're laughing because you're like, well, actually they do. You're right, a lot of them do. The good or the, the mediocre, but not the greats. You know what I mean? Hmm. And let, let me flip this on you because if you're going to, you know, like the pocket and the preparation, it is a lot of work. But what's, I think what's worse, what's worse, showing up every day going, oh, what am I going to do today? I mean, to me, that's far more stressful and way much more like, like energy drain trying to figure it out, you know, and then picking up the phone and they call the answer and you're like, oh yeah, uh, uh, you're just playing defense, man. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I want to play offense. That's the fun parts, right? So if I can do that stuff up front, you know, then I'm good to go. And your question, I think, you said, how do you how do you find? That, what was the question? So, so I, you know, you've mentioned a couple of times this, you know, preparation is key if you want to be great oh. in sales, right? Yeah. And you mentioned a couple of times is, is having that targeted account list, like getting very specific, whether it's geographically, industry. You know, there's a lot of things that you can do to. to you know, be specific and, and narrow on that target, uh, account list. Right. But how would you suggest somebody who maybe hasn't put a targeted account list together or doesn't even know what that is, where would they start identifying? Here's what should maybe be on that list. And like, how do I go about creating it? Gotcha. Sorry. I totally like darted away from that. that, that I went on my own little tangent there, but anyway, I'm glad I made those points. Cause I still believe in them. The way that you would find this, I think the easiest way to find it, whether you're an entrepreneur and you're, you're selling on your own or you work for a company. If you work for a company, they're gonna give you a territory in most cases. If you're on your own, ugh, you know, you, now you gotta define that. How I would say to define it is, where have you had success previously, okay? With whom, what companies, list them out. And if you're thinking, oh, that's my first day of sales, I, I've never sold anything before. Hmm. Well, your company has, <laughs> so where have they had the most success? Do you know what I mean? And what you look at is you're going to find rhythmic patterns. You're going to say, man, I have sold, I have, I've, we've had a lot of success in professional services. All right. Professional services, a wide brush, right? Where have we had the most success? Mm. Oh, digital agencies. Why have we had so much success there? We sell what we sell. They, you know, like they sell marketing, they sell awareness. We sell conversion, perfect pairing, right? We understand each other. We respect each other. So whether you're at a company, it's your first day in the job, your company has had success selling something to someone, otherwise you wouldn't have a job there because <laughs> they wouldn't exist. And then when you look at that, you go, all right, where have we had the most success here? And then you go through your, your well, if you're building a territory account list by yourself, you just look at where have we had the most at-bats, where do we have the greatest stories? Who's closed to the quickest? Right? Where are they geographically located? Blah, 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 and you find all of a sudden, that, territory account list or your your you know your target that you're trying to to help and serve and sell to is right underneath your nose it's been there the whole time and then you put that that hold that preparation behind that because now you right you've identified it you become a master in their business in their politics in their city in in their pain and their solve and then you become a master of their challenges and their pains there's nothing worse than a salesperson because you, you probably get, I mean, I'm a, you know, chief closing officer, are you calling? Um, you know, yeah. I'm a co-founder. I get hit up all the time by bad salespeople. And the worst part is, is we don't know anything about what we do. So, and I have pains and challenges. I'm not going to say it on the air because I get harassed, but you know, <laughs> we have things that are on our L10s that we're like, oh man, 
we got to fix that, or I wish there was a solution for this. We, we buy stuff too, right? Um, but when you go in and you say, you know, for a, uh, you know, for, for, for a sales, you know, training coaching operation that specifically, you know, tailors to professional service companies, even more specifically to digital agencies, we find that, you know, a lot of people in your position struggle with boom, boom, boom. Does, does that ring a bell? Yeah, it does. And specifically in Minnesota, where the pandemic has been shutting down a lot of businesses, I'm sure you're finding it hard to get people on the phone, right? These are real pains. I'm like, you're damn right. That sucks. Versus, hey, if you you need sales training, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like what, what call are you yeah. taking? Yeah. And then you're telling me stuff yeah. I didn't know about. Like, oh, I didn't know that was going on this week. Man, I, where'd you hear that? Oh, it's in your uh, business journal. I never knew that acquisition happened. Yeah, you want me to make an, you know what I'm saying? Like now, this is not a cold call. This is not a sales call. This is just two people. One just happens to know a lot more about me and my business and my industry and whatever than I do. I'm gonna listen because I'm a master of their pain and their challenges. And yeah, I, I have a product that, that solves that, but we'll get there. Mm -hmm. Let's talk more about your pain challenges. And, and, you know and this all ties back to that preparation, right? So something you said earlier on, in working in these large organizations, which you were able to, you know, hold, you know, in the top percentile. Um, and you said something which I think is so crucial in anybody who's just getting into sales, or even if you've been in sales and you're looking to get better, find out who the, who's the best, who's the best there, who's who holds the records, who's staying at the top and do exactly what you did, you know, um, watch them, monitor them, sit in on their calls, you know, like, get your ego out of the way and ask for some help and be open to getting better and learning. Right. And I think even for more so for people that maybe have been in sales for a while, as soon as they think they know it all, or they stop being open to learning or trying things, man, they're in trouble. Um, but to stay on topic here, um, you said, you know, through doing that, you noticed a lot of similarities is, is one is those people were, you know, they had their scripts and they had their preparation, um, and they became masters at the people that were, you know, in, on their targeted account list. Um, and then you even mentioned that, you know, over there at closers that you guys spend a whole month on teaching preparation. So that's obviously an important piece to the puzzle. And what are some things that you can tell our listeners? Like, where can they go? What can they do? How can they get started to be more prepared than they are today to become masters at the you know, pain or the industry or the area that the, is on their account list. Number one, okay, I'm, I'm gonna, and if you don't mind, I'm going to play both sides because I have a tale of two lives, and I'm thinking there's a tale of two listeners, right? Mm -hmm. um, tale of two listeners right now that are I'm an entrepreneur, I'm new to sales, brand new, or I'm just plateaued and I work for a big company. Yeah, you know. So what I would say to all of those people. First and foremost is find people that are better than you, right? They're not hard to find. If you do work for a company, I mean, it's the metrics are probably posted every week or you can go to the CRM or whatever you can. And if, if you don't have, if you don't work for a company or you're, you know, then call me or, or talk to Brandon Bornison or, you know, talk to Colin here, talk to people that are great. Cause here's the thing. When I was, young well younger and hitting these guys up they all would sit down with me they would all share why because because when you get to that level you've made the money you've won the awards yeah. blah 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 right 
you you want to give back and you love this crap because if you're at that level you've had a good life and you 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 know you want other people to have a good life too i mean hell 15 years i didn't need to quit ibm i was at the top of the heat man you know like it was we were making good money it was good but I, something was missing so i'm living yeah. proof that we want to help you so reach out you know what i mean i mean that's number one anyway and then to answer your question how you get started is number one i think you have to understand your pocket I mean, that's like if you're going to go, OK, so so to answer your, you know, we've talked about it previously, but like to create your talent, to create your target, you just got to understand your pocket. And, and we talked about this already, but it's where have where has success already lived. Then you find those. So how do you so how do you become you a master? How do you, you know what I mean? become prepared? Yeah. How do you become an expert on what that list is? Who is on that list? The How do you start to speak their language? How do you know their problems better than they do? That's kind of what I think. I want to tap into a little bit. Great. Um, how you find So you let the market, you ever heard this? You let the market decide, you know, the market doesn't lie. You ever heard that? Um, so that's how is let's say I've identified yep. that it is professional service companies and digital agencies. Okay. What I'm going to do is, is I'm going to go and I'm going to subscribe if I can. Sometimes they won't let you, but I'm going to try and become members of groups, Slack channels, mm -hmm. uh, LinkedIn, you know, like all that kind of stuff, right? I want to know what they're talking about. What are they living every day? I'm going to reach out to them and I'm going to say, hey, you don't know me, but I do this. And if it's okay, I've found that we've had a lot of success doing this. Could I just ask you day in the life questions? You'd be shocked at how many people are like, oh, so is it a sales call or not a sales call? No, I just want to get really, and I don't have any experience. I've never worked for a insert whatever it is there, you know, mm -hmm. like what's a day in your life? What are your pains? What are your challenges? Right. Um, I'm pulling 10Ks. Guys, if, if you're selling to publicly traded companies and you're not pulling 10Ks, you're nuts. It's it's literally a commitment that these companies have, that they've made to their shareholders. They have to do it. So if you sell ERP software and, you know, you're looking through someone's 10K and they got to replace an ERP, you know, they're, they're getting smoked by license audits and whatever, it's right there. <laughs> and and no one reads them except the CFO. So you come in and you tell some CMO, a marketing person, so there's commitments you guys have made and specifically in bottom line revenue growth in this <laughs> sector right here. Were you aware of that? They're now no, paying attention to what you have to that? say. They don't No, they don't know that. So I guess what I say is when I say the market doesn't lie, the market also is the best teacher because all this information exists out there. It's just, you gotta, you just gotta wrangle it in. You know what I mean? And, and, and once you have these conversations, if you have those conversations, some people might be listening to me like, I'm never doing that. That's fine. You can still be a passive learner on these Slack channels or Facebook groups or LinkedIn groups or podcasts or clubhouse now or whatever. You can listen to what these people are struggling with. So then when I call you, Colin, I go, hey, um, you know, you may be the one, but I talk to people in your position daily. Mm. And there's the three things they really struggle with. Any of those resonate with you? Uh, definitely the first one. Okay. How long has it been a problem? You know, the old Sandler. How long has it been a problem? You know, what do you, you yeah. guys plan on fixing that this year? Yeah, we are. You already know yeah. that. You already know they're planning on fixing it because you read their 10K. You know what I'm saying? And it's not hard. It's right there. It's right, literally all this information exists. But, but people are just too lazy to, yeah. to take that step to just pull that information. 
Yeah. Once you yeah. Have All right. So never have publicly traded companies, read, read the 10 Ks, get the information that you're looking for. Um, and, you know, if let's say, let's assume that you're not working with public traded companies, get into their groups, get on their newsletters, find out what they're talking about. I'm assuming we might find you, Mikolai, on a digital agency room on Clubhouse being a fly on the wall. <laughs> 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 Ironically, we're actually starting one. So yeah, we're definitely, <laughs> I mean, Clubhouse is a rare uh, gem because you get to start it now, right? It's like get the ground floor. So yes, but if, if Clubhouse was five years old, absolutely, we would be, I'd, yeah, I'd be yeah. listening to all of them. Um, I have to actually turn do. the notifications off on Clubhouse sometimes because it gets too easy to just want to jump in and see what's going on. Um, and then you end up late to meetings and who knows what else happens. <laughs> um, so yeah, totally. Totally. Now, real, real quick, uh, I don't want to interrupt you, but I, for, for those people that are like tuned out because they heard 10K, okay, if you're not selling into publicly traded companies, there's Crunchbase, there's Alerith. Is Alerith the right one? There's a bunch of these places that you can find. You're not going to find the level of 10K, because, you know, but you're going to find enough level of pain and challenge that they're facing. Um, and and even if... Even if, you know, there's a lot of pain or problems or things that are going to be somewhat universal across specific industries, like a lot of them are dealing with the same stuff. So I'm guessing you could probably make some assumptions, um, you know, that if majority of companies in that space have this problem, there's a good chance that the others are too. Um, so, you know, um, even if you can't find that level of information, there's probably some assumptions that you can make based on as you start to collect this information, generally, you have a better idea if it's going to apply, you know, to, to all of the digital agencies that you reach out to. Okay. And so, so tell me a little bit about your, you know, your secret sauce, your specialty, this conversion to close, you know, what sort of problems do you see and what are some fine tuning things that people can do to like really increase their from conversion to close? <laughs> all right you're speaking my language you got me all revved up you see i'm positioning myself to, to to pounce um so i don't want to beat this to death there are three stages that we coach and train on that i'm going to talk about right now and if i were to start a new job i would this yeah. is exactly what i would do so we eat our own cooking you know what i mean like i'm constantly updating our our playbook because i learned something i mean i just got ghosted last week i, I don't get ghosted a lot i was like Damn it! I know exactly why I got ghosted, and then I I got a maybe. Yeah, just I got a maybe. Which just I, tell me no, so I can go I away. Exactly right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right? But but here's the thing about maybes, and I'll get into your question. Is we we laugh about this in our on our cohorts and our, our clients and stuff. <laughs> we always laugh. You know, we have our little ring ring. You know, when we celebrate, and we also have our wah wah when somebody gets mm. a maybe or they get ghosted because it's not their fault; it's your fault. You didn't ask the right question. That's your fault, not their fault. People yeah. get pissy about getting ghosted. It's like, what didn't you do? You're not going to blame your prospect. They don't owe you that. What didn't you do? So number one is preparation. We've spent a lot of time on, so I don't need to talk to you about preparation. But there's a handful of, of, of bits that you want to do, in my opinion, which is um, we work on getting the pocket. So we teach them how to identify a pocket, okay? Um, mm -hmm. Being a master in that pocket. I think I've already we've already covered that, right? So. Okay, so then once you have the, the pocket, pulling third-party verification, like or third-party proof of success, 
makes it a hell of a lot easier, especially in professional services. I told you the two pains are the two things you have to overcome. It's all about trust. Those are basically mm-hmm. that in a nutshell is just, do I trust you? Do I not trust you? Because in professional services, you're by me. <laughs> there's not like a thing behind me or as a team probably, but you got to trust that I'm going to lead this team to do what we sold you. Um, so finding that third party proof. And the last thing is getting your dang story down. Do you know what I mean? Giving a, a telling the story, taking all that stuff from the pocket that we just described and putting it into a consumable, like, what do you do? So what do you do? So how can you help? Just having it right there and getting that down, right? Because nothing worse when you, when you hear someone who doesn't have their yeah. story type. Oh, you just. And like, then at the end, you're still like, okay, speaker. wait, do you, wait like, what do you do? Make it stop. You know, <laughs> I'm more confused cool. now. I thought I knew what you do. Now I really don't know what you what, do. What do you do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And let's be honest, guys, like a lot of us. And I've started, this is my fourth startup. So trust me when I tell you, I've sucked at it too. I. When I say you my own cooking, it's because I get my butt kicked just like the rest of you. It's just I write it down, I jot it down, and I pivot, you know? Um, so that's the first thing. That level of organization, don't skip it. Just don't, right? Best people in the world that I used to follow, and I'm talking, these are in the world because literally 100,000 sales reps at Oracle, I think, when I was working there. Like a lot of sales reps. Or maybe it was IBM. Whatever, they were both just a shitload. And the best of the best always had scripts on their computer. When I was uh, at, at Verizon, it was a field gig. The best of the best had scripts on their um, on their mm. steering wheel. These are guys who've been doing this forever. You know what I mean? Best of the best. So, so do that. Number two is the, the, how to increase conversion is it's going to hurt in the beginning or the end. Here's what I mean. Ask the hard questions or you're going to get or you're going to you're going to feel the pain, the, the pain of asking a hard question in the beginning is such a softer pain than wondering what the hell happened why aren't they taking my calls anymore I don't mm. I the PO I, they haven't even looked at my emails what's going on do you know what I mean that sucks so we do a thing called fast 15 and mm. it's basically it's a kind of a pre-qualification qualification right is we say all right what's going on with your business and and you know, tell me what's going on in your business that may need improvement. And then they, you just like a doctor, just let them go. Right. And then as they're talking about it, you're okay. Okay. We don't do that. We can, might do this. I mean, chances are they looked you up before they took the meeting. Sometimes not. Um, or they don't understand truly what you do. So once they say, you don't, you said a few things that really stuck out and then you want to unpack those things, right? Because you want to understand what's the level everyone jumps to band. Oh, budget authority. Yeah. Well, if you don't even know, you're leaving dollars on the table. If yeah. you just you just listen for what you want to listen for, you know what I mean. Let these people roll. It's unbelievable how much more you can sell someone when you find out. Oh, that's just that's what they think the problem is. Again, we talked about this earlier. Preparation, knowing their challenges. You're like, whoa, you said something interesting about this. Can you be a little more specific? And then they go on and go on, right? And all of a sudden, you're like, so it looks like. Yeah. The theme of this problem is everything, <laughs> but these things in particular might be the focus. Yeah, yeah. What's your plan on, on addressing these, right? What, what are you guys going to do about it? Well, we're starting the beginning of a RFP. I don't know, you know, something like that. You're like, okay, well, I can help you write that RFP. Whatever. All of a sudden, you start doing this and doing that, and then you have permission, in my opinion, to say, 
what do you think the timeline of this is? You know, are you, are you the, the signer who, who signs this check? Um, who approves this? Where's budget coming from? You know, uh, what's the other one? Bant, budget, authority, need, timeline. Verified needs, you know, and then you get the rest of it. So if they're authority, there's, you know, they ask budget. Have you done any research or, you know, on how much something like this might cost mm -hmm. to fix? You know what I mean? They're giving you this stuff, right? And then you cut it. That's what we call the 15, disruption. Bang, hey, you know what? We're top of the 15 minutes. Do you have another meeting or, or can we go over a little bit? No one books 15 minute meetings, obviously, back to back, obviously, except for me. Uh, but now I have to. But, um, you know, so you have you, you, you cut it. And then what you do is you see the next step in our sales process is yep. this. Because guess what? You have a sales process, right? It's part of preparation. Whether it's a good or bad one, something is better than nothing. And then you run them through that, you know, agenda, follow up, all those little things in between. And you run a discovery and you run a proposal and you close. And when you ask hard questions, up front, like, you know, like basically, you know, like what, who gets fired if this doesn't happen? Nobody. All right. But, you know, how much do you think this is cost? What the cost? What's the cost of inaction? I don't know. Probably not that much. You know, so, so what you're saying is this really isn't an urgent matter. No, it is yeah. not an urgent yeah, matter. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, a, I think that's an important point because, there. you know what I mean? A lot of sellers get so caught up in just trying to get them to the next stage of the sales cycle that they don't understand that that qualification or discovery, whatever you want to call it, it's, it's more important for you as a seller than it is for them. Like, is this prospect worth taking on this journey? Is this prospect, you know, be, be guarded with your pipeline. Don't just shove anybody who's willing to go there because they'll give you the next yes. Like, do I want you in there? Are you worth my time? Do you validate what I do? Do you, do you understand the impact of me helping you? Do you value that? Is this important to you? If it's not, it's okay. Um, but you've saved yourself a lot of time and hassle and then you don't have a bunch of junk in your pipeline that you're kind of just like, you know, I don't know, maybe it's going to close. Not sure. Um, so frustrating, you know, that's funny you say that, man. Like everyone's worried about how much they got in their bank account and they're not mm. concerned with how much time they've wasted to get it there. You know what I mean? It's, it's baffling to me how much time people will waste to not do the right things in sales. Right. And then they celebrate that, that win, that one win. And you go, bro, if you would have mm. put a little more elbow grease into this, you could have had five of those and it would have taken half the time, you know? But people, and listen, man, I've done a jug pipe garbage before. I mean, we're, I'm not immune to mistakes. I'm a human being. Yeah. yeah. I'm a sales human being. So we make mistakes all the time in the business to know, right? All we do is collect no's all day, but it's just a lot easier life. If sales is your, is your, you know, path that this is what you choose to do with your, with your life. Um, organization and preparation is yeah yeah is and, and and i that's, think that's that what separates the i'd rather get to that no early on than later on and be questioning like what did i do wrong why are they ghosting me why are they giving me a maybe um there's so many like in my book that's a, that's almost a win like okay great i can i can move on as long as it's a no with a good valid reason not like hey i didn't properly take you through the line of questioning for you to really understand what i do and you said no versus like, hey, sorry, I understand you sell, sell ERP software, but we're yeah. in a five-year term. There's no chance, even though we hate our vendor, like can't do nothing. You know, that's a valid no, <laughs> you know? Um, so 
so yeah. so getting to the no early is better in my opinion but exactly. also understanding like do they have a good reason for saying no or you just have have you just not done a good job a good enough job of like explaining how you're going to help them um so those are kind of two differences um and and so and i like that you mentioned you know asking those tough questions early on like get the hard stuff out of the way right um, because you don't want to be questioning, you know, why you didn't ask that later and why the deal's not closing. And I want to clarify something because I, I don't want yes. the listeners to, to only hear the no. That is very important for your time. You know what I mean? But also what, and I said it, but I'll, I'll say it again, is the other reason why you want to qualify early on and, and ask those hard questions and ask prodding questions, right? Kind of the land and expand methodology as far as learning about their business is a lot of people will just run to either the, they'll, they'll run to what they want to hear. You know, you've got to be, you've got to be disciplined and you got to keep asking and keep qualifying because there's a chance that not just to sell more product or sell more service. Yeah. yeah. There's a chance that they don't even know they have the pains they have. Do you know what I mean? need to allow if, if you're in the servant sales business like i am like i i, I want to serve that's what sales is to me right i want to serve well it it is my job as a professional salesperson to uncover all of the pains not just the ones i want to hear you're not only leaving money in the yeah. table but you're not doing your job you're not helping this person out you know what i mean you really want to call there's times where we found pains that they're like I didn't even know that. I'm like, yeah, it's been a big deal in the state of Georgia. I don't know if you knew it. It's been crazy, blah, 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 blah. And this yeah. new law and this new thing is really going to affect taxes or blah, 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 whatever. Right. And they're like, oh, my God, I did not know that. You say, yeah. So we have a solve for that. I'd love to hear about it. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, we'll next step in our sales processes, uh, discoveries. You know, so we're going to invite your team and blah, blah, blah. So we'll get there. I'll explain it then. That's huge. Right now, That's really huge right there. I, I don't want folks said. to miss that. Clarifying you know I mean? things. Um, because a lot of sellers can go wrong, right? Like the, Prospect says one thing and they hear another and then that's what gets logged in the CRM. So validating things and clarifying things are so important. And then also sometimes, you know, once people, once your prospect starts talking, just dig in a little bit deeper. Like, Hey, Mike, you know, you mentioned this one thing and, and I, you know, I'm, I'm not just, I don't fully understand, you know, this, can, can you tell me more about that? Um, and, and they'll just go deeper and tell you more and, you know, people will just, talk and talk and people enjoy talking you let that you you know provide them a safe space where you're not just like trying to push them to the next yes and you're really curious and really asking good questions because you want to solve some problems or identify some problems you know they'll tell you way more than than you probably were expecting people want to be heard People don't like to be so, you know, they hear the whole, people don't like to be solely like to buy. That's, that's fair. But people also like to be heard. You know what I mean? People want to be heard. Give them that space. Because whatever role they're in, unless they're the CEO or whatever, probably don't get to, to, to be heard. You know, well, you know what I mean? Completely heard. So when you just, you know, open the floor and, 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 and create a vulnerable space where, where people can really talk about their problems. You know, because if it is an entrepreneur and it is a lot of our, a lot of, a lot of founder led trainings that we do, that is their livelihood. That is their livelihood. If this doesn't go well, they are screwed. So give them the space to, to just, you know, unload their, their problems and their challenges. And the ones that I can help, like for revenue growth, we will help. The ones that we can't, I'll, I'd love to make an introduction to my buddy Colin or, hey, I'll make an introduction yeah. to Sarah or whatever. 
and then do it. Do what you <laughs> say you're going to do and actually, and actually do it do in it. a timely manner. Because um, yeah, there's so many people that, you know, yeah, screw up business relationships by just not doing what they say they're going to do or doing it and then not doing it for weeks and having some lame excuse on why they didn't do it when I mean, you know there's like there's just simple things that you can do to totally. have more success in in those relationships um Mikolai, it, it's been um a lot of fun we're going to kind of wrap it up here any closing thoughts from the chief closer over there at closer media <laughs> Uh, no, I think it's been a great interview, man. You have some great questions and I, I hope that your listeners, if, if anything, they take, you know, if they've captured two things from this is take the time to prepare, take the time to organize, you know what I mean? And then don't be lazy when it comes to, to getting to the no fast, because it isn't just, you know, it's not, it's not just a waste of time to, to, to not, you know, to, to try and seek that. Yes. Mm -hmm. But you're also leaving money on the table. You know what I mean? Ask good questions. Qualify those questions. Listen to your clients. Let them speak. Let them share. And if you can help them, yeah, help them. Yeah. Oh, I know, love it. Um, tell folks you know? what you know. Links, places to go, find you. Check out the podcast, training, all that good stuff. Um, what do you want? Where, where do you want them to go? And we'll include all that in the show notes for them. Yeah. Right on. So we're um, a couple places, closersmedia.com. You're going to have everything. So you get, you know, that's where, so we do a, a podcast called Coffee and Closers, where we interview incredible people like Colin. I still got to have you on, on the show. Um, and so we, so that Coffee Closers, uh, or sorry, closersmedia.com. Uh, check out Coffee and Closers um, on the podcasts. And um, we're going to be launching this Clubhouse thing um, shortly where we're going to have uh, a, a space for, marketers and sales folks to come together. It's going to be called Cocktails and Closers and uh, have, a, have a cocktail and just kind of air out our frustration. Awesome. We will drop all those links in the show notes. And if you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, write us a review, share with your friends, and we're listening for your feedback. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Sales Hustle. Are you a sales professional looking to take your sales career to the next level? If the answer is yes, then I want you to go over to salescast.co. Check us out. And if you feel that you are ready, set up a time to talk with me and my co-founder, Chris. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. And if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends.